Welcome everyone to Subi Church. Welcome to our Christmas service. It's amazing to see so many of you here. And what a joy it is to come together and celebrate the reason for the season, Jesus Christ. In the book of John, chapter 3, verses 16 to 17, it says that our Heavenly Father loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son, so that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. So today, we'll journey through the Christmas story together. And as we do that, may our hearts discover or rediscover the true joy of Christmas. So please stand with us. Let's sing and celebrate Jesus together. at Subi Church, we've been lighting Advent candles to prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus at Christmas. Those are the candles of hope, faith, joy, and peace. So today we light our last candle, the Christ candle, because today we celebrate the greatest gift this world has ever known. Let's continue and sing our next song.
singing with us, you may take a seat and say hi to someone around you. We've just sung some songs about the coming of Christ and the joy He brings to our world. But who is He? What's His story? With the help of my friends on stage, we have a story to tell you. In the time of King Herod, king of Judea, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendant forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be since I am a virgin? The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will be overshadowed you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Before the angel Gabriel left her, Mary replied, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Has anyone here ever seen an angel? And I'm not talking about my wife. No. An angelic visitation is not a normal human experience. And yet Mary comes face to face with an angel. And what does the angel say? Do not be afraid. In the Bible, angels always say, do not be afraid. Because angels in the Bible are not like angels you might see on TV with uh, fluffy wings and white dresses that look like they're going to a three-year-old's dress-up party. Uh, for example, Larry, stand up for us. Just come up on stage quickly. Larry does not need to say, do not be afraid, right? <laughs> but real angels, real angels in the Bible are awesome heavenly beings that dwell in the presence of God and our God's messengers. When, when anyone comes into the presence of an angel in the Bible, they fall on their face petrified. 
And we read that Mary was greatly troubled at the angel's words. Now, I would be greatly troubled if a messenger of God came down right now in front of me. My first thought would be, "Uh uh-oh, what have I done? Right? What would yours be? During this time in history, Jewish girls were pledged to be married to their uh, future husbands, like being engaged. They were pledged around the age of 12 years old as young as 12 years old. And scholars believe that Mary would probably have been somewhere between the ages of 12 and 16 when she gave birth to her baby son. In our culture, that is a shockingly young age to have a baby, right? In Australia today, uh, girls of that age are not thinking about getting married or having a baby. That's a world away. Uh, Their world is more Instagram and stranger things. But for Mary, something stranger than stranger things is about to happen. Firstly, she's come face to face with an angel. Secondly, she's about to give birth to God in the flesh. Put yourself in 12-year-old Mary's shoes. And yet she says, let it be as you have said. What great faith we can take our example from Mary now the angel says you will conceive and give birth to a son now I I wouldn't blame Mary if she was thinking right then hmm I've done sex ed at school and no we didn't learn that virgins can have babies right I think I would have got an F if I'd written that in my exam she's thinking how is this going to work you see this divine conception in the womb of Mary is the most astonishing miracle in the history of the world. The infinite becomes an infant. The creator of the universe is born in a cradle. The one who made every cell in your body, the one who made every cell in the cosmos, himself became a microscopic cluster of cells and implanted himself in the womb of Mary. When Mary kissed the face of her baby boy, she was kissing the very face of God. Now, the virgin birth is frequently attacked by modern skeptics. I mean, should any girl today claim that her pregnancy was due to divine intervention? We would be skeptical, wouldn't we? Uh, She would be laughed out of town. But if God can create the universe with two trillion galaxies at last count each galaxy with a hundred billion stars in it more stars in the universe than grains of sand on our planet if he can do that he can manage a virgin birth don't you think and more important than how he did it is why he did it why did God condescend and take on a human nature and come to us in a cradle well in the New York Times, uh, there was an article a few years ago which read, thi- read like this. The meaning of Christmas is that love will triumph and if we work together, we can create a world of unity and peace. In other words, we can dispel the darkness from our world. We can overcome injustice and poverty and violence and evil. Well, nothing can be further from the truth. The meaning of Christmas is the exact opposite. The meaning of Christmas is that things are bad and we cannot save ourselves. We cannot create unity and peace. Have a look around. We cannot create unity and peace. We are the problem. We need help from the outside. We need a saviour and God has provided one that very first Christmas and that saviour was himself. You see, if our, biggest, if our greatest need was health, then God would have sent us a doctor. If our greatest need was money, he would have sent us an economist that could keep interest rates down. If our greatest need was entertainment, he would have sent us a comedian. But our greatest need is forgiveness. We all need forgiveness from God for our sins, and so he sent us a saviour. And so 
the saviour had to be God himself because there was no one else who was qualified. And so there had to be a virgin birth. Humanity sinned, so humanity should pay the penalty for sin, but only God could pay for the, se- the, the sins of the whole world. The could and the should can only come together in God becoming a man. And so God's plan for you and for me, God's plan for the world was cradle, cross, crown. The creator was born in a cradle. He lived the perfect, obedient life. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose again on the third day, crowned King of kings and Lord of lords. He now rules in heaven. He reigns. One day he will return to judge and take those who are his to be with him. How can you be one of his? How can you be one of his? You put your faith in Jesus the Savior. You live with Jesus as your king. It doesn't matter how badly you've messed up in life. It doesn't matter if you've been on the paid staff of hell. It doesn't matter if your life would leave a black mark on a piece of coal. It doesn't matter what deep, dark secrets are in your past. If you come to the Savior today and ask for forgiveness, you will be saved. You live with him as the king. You'll be one of his. That was the announcement 2,000 years ago, and that is the announcement today. How will you respond? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Christmas, that even though we could not save ourselves, you sent a saviour, yourself. And I pray, Lord God, that we would live with you as our king, we would trust in you as our saviour. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue in our story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also left the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the town of David called Bethlehem, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was now expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to a firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. In the fields nearby, there were shepherds keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth, hiding in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, that the Lord told us it would. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. All who heard it were amazed by what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things in her heart and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. All these things happened just as they had been told they would. God's gift to us, a Savior, has been born. Please stand. Let's sing this next song together.
Take a seat. In our world today, even though we 
do not live under a monarchy. It is always a major news whenever there's a birth in a royal family. When William and Kate, uh, the, now the Prince and Princess of Wales, when they gave birth to George on the 22nd of July 2013, it was big news. It was announced by a press conference and immediately most of the British media, they were hailing him as the future king. There were 21 gun salutes across different countries around the world. Westminster Abbey, the, the bells were rung, and the bells were rung across different churches across the country. There were blue lights signifying the birth of a boy were used to shine upon landmarks in different Commonwealth countries. Commemorative coins were issued by the Royal Mint for Prince George's birth. It was a big deal. But yet today we just read, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, the King. And these are weighty words to be ascribed to a baby that's just been born, isn't it? And as David just mentioned, this, is, this Jesus is God coming into the world as the King of the universe. But the circumstances surrounding his birth could not be any more different from King, from Prince George. Here on earth, there were no loud celebrations. There were no fanfare. There were no 21-gun salutes for the birth of Christ. In fact, this Jesus, King of the universe, born in a manger because there were no guest room available for Joseph and Mary. How is it that the King of the universe was given such a lowly birth? This speaks to the kind of crown that Jesus will be wearing. This speaks to the kind of king Jesus will be. He is going to be a king that is humble. Unlike so many kings and rulers and leaders of our world, this Jesus is humble. He did not come into the world out of self-interest. And again, to remember what David mentioned, to think that the God of the universe, the one who made and sustains the universe, he came to us in a personal Christ. That is absolutely mind-blowing. He is God made flesh. And yet he has the most humble of beginnings. It shows us what kind of king he will be. But in the heavenly realms, it is completely different. Right? The angels and a great company of heavenly hosts, what did they do? They rejoiced. They praised God. They said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Did you catch that last bit? On earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. They are praising God because they know that God has sent this Jesus, this King, to bring peace. A peace, ultimate peace between us and God. The peace of reconciliation. The peace of forgiveness. And as David mentioned, we, as human beings, we keep messing up. The problem is us. We need help from an outside source to reconcile us back to God. We need, for, we need forgiveness from God. That is our greatest need. Right at the start of the service, we heard this. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This king has come to wear a crown of thorns to bring us forgiveness so that we can have everlasting life. And so the question posed to us is this. How are we going to respond to this king? The shepherds, they were excited and they said to each other, you know, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. And in some sense, all of you are here this evening to hear about this God made flesh. You have heard about this king of the universe having the most humble of beginnings, coming to bring peace of reconciliation, peace of forgiveness. You have come and heard that announcement. How are you going to respond to that? Mary, Jesus' own mother, she responded in this way. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Perhaps today you come with questions. 
you have come with anxious heart. Or perhaps you have come today after a really, really tough year for you. And you're just looking for peace, rest, forgiveness. Well, let me encourage you. Ponder the meaning of this king, this humble king, this God-made flesh. Ponder upon the meaning of Christmas. How would you respond to this king? Let me pray. Father God, we come before you and we thank you for this humble King, King Jesus, come to bring us peace. What an amazing grace that even though we don't deserve it, we have been offered forgiveness and peace. Help us to ponder and treasure this in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Please stand with us. Let's sing our next song together. singing with us. That was beautiful. Please take a seat and we'll continue in our story. When the, when the baby was eight days old, he was named Jesus, the name given to him by the angel before he was conceived. Some wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. This was the time of King Herod. They asked, Where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the sky. We've come to worship him. King Herod was troubled when he heard this, and so was all of Jerusalem. He called on all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law and asked them, 
where will the Messiah be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea. King Herod then called the wise men secretly. He asked them to search for the baby Jesus and to report back to him once they found him. King Herod said he also wanted to worship him. The wise men went on their way. They followed the direction of the star in the sky until it stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed. The wise men came into the house where they saw baby Jesus and his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. They presented him with treasures of gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Now they had also been warned in a dream not to go back to King Herod. So they returned to their country by another route. Jesus, a king born of humble beginnings, with no prestige or impressive social status, and yet he reconciles us to God. He offers us redemption, a fresh start, freedom, and the comfort knowing that we are loved by the God who created us. We may be not like the wise men with lavish gift to offer, for all of us, men and women, and children, and children, who might feel like we have nothing of worth to give. Jesus is God's gift to us, and He offers us new life and hope in Him.
We gather here at this Christmas service on this very day, around 2,000 years after the fact, to adore the Son of God and Him coming into the world. And the question is this, do you know Him? Do you know this child? See, you are here today, we are here today to ponder, to consider, to reflect with whatever our finite minds can grasp what it meant for God the Father to send his only son, the son he loves, the son he adores, into this world to be as one of us. The Father knowing that his son would be rejected by his own people, that he would be shamed and that he would be crucified. And yet this is the gospel. This is God's gift to us. This is God's gift for us. And the Son, that he would willingly come, that the Father would say, it is my will to send you, and the Son with joy and delight would be willing to come. No longer distant from us, no longer other, but just like us in every way, apart from sin. Truly God and truly man. And the call for us is that we would adore him. That is the purpose of it all, isn't it? that people would learn about the Son and adore Him. But you cannot adore someone that you do not love because true adoration, where your heart is bursting with joy and delight and honor towards someone, that is an expression of our love. And so you see, you cannot adore someone unless you love them. And you cannot really love someone unless you know them. And so it is with Christ. You must know him to love him, and you must love him to adore him. And so we come back to the question, do you know him? Pastor Chin pointed out that Mary pondered these things in her heart, and you see Mary adored her son, just like any mother would. But the wise men recognized him as a significant king, but for Mary he was her son. Now, the adoration that Mary had for her child was great, but even Mary's love and knowledge and adoration of him would become something greater. You see, when he was born, she adored him as her son, but when he died and rose again, she would come to adore him as her king, as her savior, and as her God. And this is a love. This is an adoration that we get to participate in. He might not be our son, but we can know him and love him and adore him because just as he is, just as he was for Mary, he is for us, our Savior, our King and our God. It is something you can experience, something that you can taste. And do you know him? You see, I think true adoration is a beautiful thing because it cannot be forced. It is not a command, not a work, not an artificial thing. Not merely lip service, but true adoration is an act of the heart, isn't it? And just because Jesus is king over all does not mean that all will adore him, that all will love him. 
But I will say this, that if you do not adore Christ, you do not know Christ. That if you do not adore Christ, you do not love Christ. Because if you really knew him in his infinite greatness, you would delight in him. If you really knew him in his great compassion, his steadfast love and his humility, you would adore him. It has been pointed out already that only few on earth celebrated him at his birth. But remember, we participate in the same adoration that Mary had for him, along with hundreds of millions of people who would come to adore him as as their king and their saviour since the time of his birth. This adoration overshadows any mere earthly king, doesn't it? It is no wonder that the call for praise for the Son is a call to every living thing in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Millions have adored this Son and celebrated his birth, but why? Because he is worthy. Ponder him in your heart this Christmas, that you might believe, that by believing you might know him, and that by knowing him you might love him, and that by loving him you might adore him. This is for you, the call to adore the Son, to receive the message. It does not matter who you are, rich or poor, man, woman or child, educated or uneducated. It is the same call to receive the Son, to experience his love and his forgiveness, to love him and to adore him. This is for you. Go on this day and remember the greatest gift ever given from the most generous gift giver. Let us pray. God in heaven, we thank you that you would send your son. We thank you, Christ, that you would take on flesh, that you would become one of us, that you would be for us, our saviour and our king and our God. We pray that as we go on this Christmas season, that we remember you, that we ponder you, in our hearts, that we might love you and know you and adore you. And all these things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. At the beginning of our service, we sang about a captive Israel awaiting a saviour one powerful enough to save us from darkness. Well, we've now heard the Christmas story, and we now know that we are a part of this narrative. So let's rejoice in God's gift to us, that is Jesus Christ. Please stand and sing with us.
sing glory to the newborn King. Glory to the newborn King. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Life and life to all He brings. Risen with healing in His wings. Mild delays His glory by. Oh, that men no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. Heart the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn. Please be seated just for a few moments. We've come to the end of our 
service together. It's great to have you. Before you leave, implicit, intrinsic to the gospel message is a summons to respond. If Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, then we need to respond. We cannot just say, oh, that's nice that he is that. No, we need to respond. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads. I believe the Lord has spoken to people tonight. His word is powerful. He always speaks to people's hearts. And you'll know if that's you tonight. The Lord has spoken to you tonight. And He wants you to return to Him. He wants you to be in a relationship with Him. He wants you to know Him, to love Him and adore Him. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity. You might just want to follow along in the quietness of your own heart. You might want to follow along these words. If the Lord has spoken to you, please do that. Dear God, I believe you've spoken to me this evening. Thank you for sending Jesus. I need him as my saviour. I acknowledge that you are my king. And I choose to follow you from this day on. Amen. If you've you've prayed that prayer for the first time, I just want to say congratulations. The Lord is always active. It's 2,000 years after Christmas, but God is still active, drawing people to himself. And I'd like to draw your attention. Everyone should have one of these on their chair. It looks a bit like this. It's a Connect card. We'd just like to know that you've been with us. If you don't mind just filling that in. We're not going to send you any uh, spam or anything like that. But if you would just fill that in, especially if you've prayed that prayer. And if you would like to know more about the Christian faith, this is just a starter. If you'd like to know more, we would like to help you. Uh, There's a course called Simply Christianity. It's a very simple course. We look at the Gospel of Luke together. We look at Jesus from the cradle to the cross to his crown And if you'd like to know more, if you'd like to learn more in a very informal setting, then please also let us know on this Connect card. So I'm going to give you a moment for for you to fill that in. And on the way out, there'll be a couple of people by the door. You can just pop that in the bucket. So I'm just going to give you a minute to fill that out. That would be wonderful. like to talk to anyone you'd like to have a prayer with someone you'd like to talk to someone tonight there'll be some people down the front we'd love to pray with you one of the pastors who spoke tonight would love to speak with you otherwise I'm going to finish with a blessing Father in heaven we thank you for Christmas we thank you for Jesus I pray that you bless each person here today that you would be real in their lives that 2023 would be a year where they walk with you And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us.